Get ready for a blast of fresh air. It's Mary T. Kelly. Welcome. I'm Tracy, the host of the Essential Stepmom podcast, your source for information and inspiration about the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. There's a lot of material here for the dads too, because, well, because nobody talks to them about this stuff much, and it's about time that changed. There's nothing about making a step family work that comes naturally. It happens as a result of effort and actual skills that you learn and practice, you know, like tennis or chess. My approach to all of this is a bit, well, unconventional. I like to live outside the box. And if that describes you too, I think we're gonna be friends. Let me hear from you. My super private mailbox is info at essentialstepmom.com and I'm always up for a chat. Here we are at season eight of the Essential Stepmom podcast, and I want to thank all the regular listeners who seem to like my quirky take on step family life. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Please take a minute to subscribe if you're liking what you hear. And also, please help me play the podcaster game by leaving a rating or a quick review. I'll help you. Say something like, five stars, this podcast is totally adequate, or I'm so glad I found this show. I'm feeling somewhat better about my role as a stepmom now. <laughs> this is how we get found by other stepmoms. And get this, they're finding us in 65 countries already. Did you know there were 65 countries? Anyway, I hope you won't be put off by anything my guest Mary Kelly or I say here, especially the part about how you really have to lighten up and laugh a little to survive being a stepmom. I'm sorry you guys don't get to see how much of the time when Mary talks, she's flashing her eyes and smiling a big wide grin. I love talking to her. She has a very wry sense of humor and she always breaks me up. We deal with so much pain and sadness as stepmoms and as a coach and a therapist. It's important to find the humor when we can and shake it by the tail just a little. I asked Mary to comment on an article she wrote for Stepmom Magazine. I'll let her tell you about it. Hi, Mary. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. This is so great. I've, we don't know each other very long and certainly not in person, but I'm really glad to know you. I, I, I always have a good time talking to you. So you just wrote an article um, for Stepmom Magazine about mini wife syndrome and I was just saying to you before we started recording that um, in the years that I've been doing this work, I have not directly addressed that. Um, and it's not because I don't know about it, but I bet that we have some similar ideas why I've been kind of hesitating to go yeah. there. So, so tell me what you're thinking, because you, you had a, you had an issue with writing an article about that. Yeah, I didn't have an issue about the content of it before the title. So I'll just back up really quickly and um, say that I've been working with stepmoms and step couples um, in my practice in Boulder, Colorado, and then really throughout the world because of Skype and Zoom for the mm -hmm. past um, over 18 years. And so, and, and I have a local meetup group for women who are dating, living with, or partnered with people with kids. And that local meetup has close to 500 members. Holy cow. Um, that's significant, right? Is it ever? It's significant in a non-formal statistical way, yeah. but it just shows the support that women need when, they're, when they enter into these ready-made families. And I've also done a lot of writing about it. I've written about mini wife syndrome before um, and when I wrote it again, my publisher wanted me to use that term. So the content that we're gonna be talking about today is gonna to be the same. The reason I'm a little hesitant about the mini wife thing is because um, wives have very intimate relationships with their husbands yeah. that also include a sexual nature. And so to put that on a 12 year old girl or Agreed. a 16 year old girl just doesn't feel comfortable to me. Um, 
but they they I know what the idea is because there are a lot of girls who when a new woman enters their dad's life they may be used to being alone with him he may have like had her go help me decorate or help me make this decision in in innocent ways and so she gets used to that position and then when dad finds a new partner this partner comes in and there's like an instant competition yeah and i think some of that is primal I, I think females tend to compete with other females. Yeah. I see it in my practice all the time between the new wives and the ex-wife. I mean, yeah. it's vicious. Yeah. It's like everybody's crazy. 90% of the women yeah. I work with, it's like, oh, his ex is crazy. Yeah. Then I'm like, oh, well, I wonder what it says about your husband that he married a crazy person. <laughs> And then what does it say about you that you married a guy who married a crazy person? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm being playful because, yeah. you know, I hear you. it's this very real kind of energy. So um, what I would say, we can call this girl the mini adult. She's a mini adult. And um, especially if it's an only child. So if I start working with someone and I say, how many stepkids are there? One. What's a gender? Female. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you got to put it on your seatbelt here. Yeah. Because that's hard. And so from the kid's point of view, um, they're used to dad alone. And they've had some time alone with him. And then this woman comes in. And typically, women come in. And because men tend to be more permissive post-divorce, they often enter something like an animal house situation or they're just like, what is going on here? What are the rules? What are the consequences? And so they'll be talking to their partner and then changes might start happening. This is natural and normal. Yeah. Um, And a lot of times women will go, well, I don't want them to blame me. And I'm like, well, it is because of you. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with it being because of you. Because when you enter the system, the system needs to make room for you, right? Yep. And then you and your husband have to be the adult unit in the house. Now, these girls, they're not used to this, right? And from their perspective, let's say there's 50-50. They have to know my dad lives with this woman all the time. Yeah. I was daddy's girl. And she's going back and forth. And so she's trying to figure out what is my place with my father? What is his heart still there for me? And what happens a lot is um, they don't get the attention they used to get from their dad. Um, Of course, I encourage fathers like when you have your, let's say there's one daughter, because a lot of times it's just one daughter. You got to have a daddy daughter date. You yeah. have to let yeah. her see that she has not lost that yeah. place in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked with, with one family, the, the girl was only like eight and I got to meet with her alone. And she was like, you know, I don't, I don't know if my daddy loves me as much. And, and I said, look, your daddy has a room in his heart and it's just for you. And nobody gets to go in there. That is your room that he has for you. His new wife, he got another room for her. And so you don't need to worry about any of this. And of course I shared this with the father and the stepmother um, to help her with that, but also to have it show up in behavioral ways. Yes. Like, you know, because words, words are cheap. Yeah. So it has to be followed up. And I work with a lot of women and they're embarrassed to tell me this, like, oh, I, I hate that I feel this way, but I'm just jealous. I'm yeah. jealous. Of, and, and I go, okay, well, don't shame yourself. I've heard this from too many people. So clearly it's kind of a normal thing. Yeah. What I want to help you do is encourage you to be the adult in the situation and, and not give in to maybe some lower primal urges. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Like, you don't want to compete. Well, you get, you get triggered in your 
uh, that exactly that kind of competitiveness. And yeah. it takes you immediately back to middle school or it takes you to elementary school where you don't belong, like you're past there, but it just like, it just jerks you and yeah. you're right there in one second and you can't moderate your reactions because it's, it doesn't make any sense. Like you just get yeah. triggered by that com competitive yeah. kind of situation. So, you know, what you do is you normalize it, right? What you don't want to do is attach to it. Yeah. Because then what you get, you start getting tunnel vision. So every time the girl come or the daughters come, you are on hyper alert. Yeah. And these girls, they want to sit right next to daddy at the table. Yeah. They want to hold his hand when they are walking down the street. And these men, men often in step families, the fathers, feel very much caught in between yeah. children and their new partner, and sometimes their ex. And they're trying their hardest, yeah. but they feel powerless and they feel like nothing they do is good enough. This is not a good way to feel. Yeah. <laughs> that mom is trying to feel like, well, what, what am I like yeah. your kids come yeah. and I get put on the back burner. Cause that'll happen. Yeah. Cause dad feels guilty. He feels guilty about the divorce. He feels guilty that he couldn't provide his kids with mommy and daddy in the house. Yeah. And he feels bad that they're going back and forth. This is probably a reason for the permissiveness. Cause it's like, I don't want to spend the whole time disciplining my of kids. Of course. Yeah, I remember that time. Yeah, so, um, so then they end up just kind of being paralyzed and yeah. then they've got people on both sides. So it's really, really tough. Yeah. But I feel like um, what I try to explain to the stepmoms is because most of them haven't come from a step family, um, but to say, try to put yourself in this kid's shoes especially then if that woman has a kid because that kid gets to be with daddy all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the, the daughter coming for the week becomes yeah. the outsider in a way. Yeah. yeah. So you have to think of all these dynamics and birth order. Yeah. Um, if you have, um, I worked with one family, the woman had two daughters, the guy had two daughters. The woman's daughters were there most of the time. And that's a lot of daughters in one house. <laughs> yeah, I said to the guy, yeah, there were two and two. Yeah, they called me and they go, yeah, we just uh, bought a house together and they have two daughters and the age ranges were nine to 12. I said, okay, the first thing I do need to say to you is, you people are crazy. <laughs> like, and I'm smiling. Like you are in for a wild ride. Yeah, like you're crazy. And so just accept that. Then I looked at the guy. I said, I, I hope you have like a man space. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, I definitely have one of those. But his partner was constantly just competing with his two daughters yeah. and he only had his two daughters like 30% of the time her daughters were there 90% yeah. of the time and it was just like I want you to be the adult here who can have compassion on these girls it's a tough sell right I hear it. tough sell so which is why I try to go a little bit deeper to yeah. What's, what, what's going on here? What's being triggered here? Is this, is this an old wound from a long right. time ago that's getting triggered? Yeah. Um, and by the way, I mean, this is kind of how I look at it. Familiarity breeds contempt, especially around this pandemic. Like, let him have his time with his kids. Yeah. Do your thing. Exactly. You don't need to do the things with him. And one of the major complaints that stepkids have is that they don't get enough alone time with their parents. Yeah. And so it's like, you're not like the main person here in her eyes. Yeah. Naturally, you're the person that married their dad. Right. Um, this language causes loyalty binds for kids, stepmom. Uh, right. 
you know, if you look at Webster's dictionary, stepmother is described as someone who's married to someone who has children. That's all it means. Yeah. But women put this big meaning into it. Like, well, I need to be the other mom and mm-hmm. I need to do this. And I need to, and I'm like, why, why? It's hard. Why enough do you even want that? <laughs> yeah. If you have your own kids, it's hard enough. You're yeah. just kind of stuck with them. Right. When you're in this position, it's more a choice. Um, I, you always want to be kind and act in loving ways. Whatever your feelings are, are your feelings. Right. So what ends up happening is this then becomes a conflict between the husband and the wife. And she's going to him going, your daughter, blah, 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 blah. Maybe the daughter's doing that. He's a yeah. guy. He's like, yeah. I got nothing for you. Yeah. <laughs> I know what to do. (laughs) So it's really more to me an invitation to um, the stepmom. What's going on here? And and I don't want to dig too deep because I think there's this primal thing that goes on with women. You know, there's every real housewife show in the world. They don't have real house husbands. It would be boring (laughs) to be talking about sports and their lawns. Real house husbands. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a real boring show. Yeah. Woodworking. And and women were, were very much hardwired to process relationships. We're also hardwired to ruminate, which doesn't help. Yeah. Um, because ruminating usually means we're going to go down a rabbit hole. So these women are getting competitive. And then I'm just like, you really don't want to be in a power struggle with a 13 year old. Yeah. No. You know. So it's, it's helping them decide what is this meaning for me? Now, sometimes these girls can be really inappropriate. And then dad does need to say something. Um, I worked with a couple off and on for years, a beautiful woman, married a guy with two girls and they were younger when she married him and then they became teenagers um and they were very very close to their mother who didn't like this woman yeah the only reason you would not like this woman is because she was so beautiful and wonderful such a such a kind heart and um they're getting divorced now and it is because of the influence of the daughters on their father oh that's sad she wanted a baby he decided to have a baby. They caught wind of it. Well, I, you know, that guy, it's like, tell them it's none of their business. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, we'll never see the baby. We won't spend time with the baby. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Not, we're not even having this conversation. But again, these men feel caught in the middle. Yeah. And most of the men I work with, and it doesn't matter if they're the biggest litigating attorney on the planet, they hate conflict. So they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. To me, it's pretty simple. Dad just needs to spend a little bit of one-on-one time yep. with his daughter. Mom needs to, uh, stepmom needs to realize this kid has to go back and forth. They've already been through the loss of their parents living together. Yeah. Now they're going through the loss of the time and attention they had from their father. Because of course, naturally her coming in is going to take up more time. First of all, most people, 50% of the time, it's just them and their spouse. Yeah. This is a luxury. And then when the kids come, it's not, you don't get put on the back burner because some women literally get almost ignored mm-hmm. or these fathers allow really rude behavior. That's by not people. okay. That's so but, not okay. I, I, I am stunned at how much this happens. Because to me, I'm like, okay, this is basic etiquette 101. Exactly. Like what kind of person are you raising, actually? A lot of them do this. Because literally these kids will come in and stepmom will go, uh, hi, Jake. And there's nothing. And dad's there. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll be talking to her and her partner and she's, and he's there. And he doesn't even notice. And I go, oh, what a shock that he doesn't notice. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm not surprised he doesn't notice. Yeah. However, we can be 
kind in the way we approach our partner. Exactly. So unfortunately, women get upset and they're like, your kid needs to do this and your kid needs to yeah. do that. And they didn't this and that and be like, hey, I got to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> your kid's coming and not acknowledging me. I can't live in a home where people don't acknowledge my presence. Yeah. And they don't have to like me, love me, accept me as part of their family. We just have to have basic etiquette here. Exactly. It's not a big ask. Exactly. And dad has to know that he's raising human beings who have to learn how to deal with a boss they don't like, coworkers, neighbors, in-laws, roommates. There's going to be all kinds of people in your life that you don't like, and you have to practice how to be normal and polite and civil with them. Well, yes, this would be the preference, right? It would be the preference. Like you have to think it's a... But there is, is no have to, right? Yeah. There's no have to. Uh, it's true. That would be That's the That's all I'm saying. It's like, be careful with that because yeah. it'll be like, oh, really? Well, I don't have to. Yeah. Or I hear that a lot in my practice. Women will say, you need to, you have to. And I stop and I go, no, actually he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. You want him to do these things for good reasons. So just talk from your heart. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to be told what to do here. But men are terrified that they're going to lose their kids at some point and they're going to pick mom. Yeah. And so it's working with them on that fear. Yeah. Because these guys, they're watching the whole competition thing. They're like, where they actually could be pretty powerful in helping resolve it. Yeah. Um, and the people that have the best chance to resolve it are the adults in the situation, not the kid. Absolutely. It's just trying to figure out where they belong. And what would you say, like, what about, oh, knock my knee. Um, what about the, uh, because let's just say it could happen also in a family where there is no new woman that the that a little girl comes into this role of being becoming an emotional caregiver uh, for her dad and it's just not good for her it's not good for her like what do you say to the dads about how to kind of unwind this unhealthy attachment that's developed between them yeah, that's, that's more, it's a little bit like emotional incest on one end. Yeah. Um, the other one is, a, a, you know, adulterizing your kid, mm -hmm. right? Um, single mothers often do that with their sons. Yes. Like, you're the man of the house. It's like, what? What is that? Man of the house? The kid's eight. Yeah. Let him be eight. Yeah. And here's another thing I'm going to say. I'm just popping in my head because I live in Boulder, Colorado. I'm tired of meeting clients and just people in general who go, my five-year-old is an old soul. <laughs> They're just so wise. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, that's great. But can he just be five? Yeah. Let him be yeah. five. If he's an old soul, he'll be an old soul his whole life. And you can get yeah. that wisdom from him later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But so if you're working with someone who thinks, oh, they're an old soul, I can just like, ooh, stop. Just let them be a kid. Kids don't yeah. play enough, you know? Yeah, that's so, so important. So, um, you know, you have to be gentle with this, but, you know, tell them, my, look, my concern is this is an easy thing to do. It's an easy thing. She comes in, especially if it's a competent kid, it's easy for the father to rely on them. Yeah. Um, I remember working with, um, with a mother, um, she was divorced and one of her kids was nine and the nine-year-old came home and said, daddy picked me up from school and I wanted to sit in the back seat with my best friend, but he said he was lonely and he wanted me to sit in the front seat. Yeah. And I told her, tell her, Oh, I'm sorry, daddy's lonely. It's not your job to take care of daddy when he's lonely. Your job is to be nine and be with your best friend. Yeah. So I would encourage you the next time that happens to say, oh, no, thanks, daddy. I'm going to sit with my best friend. Uh, you know, this might be hard for a nine-year-old to do. This particular girl actually did that. And it's not demeaning the parent, but um, 
it has to be brought to my attention for this to happen. A guy is not going to bring this to my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I work from with one father. He had a 16-year-old he was sleeping with. And he said, well, I, you know, I play the guitar with my boys. And so the way I connect with my daughter is I sleep with her in bed. Maybe not. I said, oh, yeah, no. Oh, I was really clear. I said, that is emotional incestuousness. Yeah. Like I, you can find plenty of other ways to connect with your daughter. Yeah. But it's just gently, if you get an opportunity to talk to the father about it, is just to say, um, and I do it more, not as a direct confrontation, but you know, I'm wondering about that. That seems like a lot to put on a kid. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, and it depends what it is. Because to be honest, kids aren't doing enough. Yeah. <laughs> They're not doing enough. <laughs> they have no chores. Yeah. They have no nothing. So it's just trying to help them explain because it, it's kind of a continuum thing. I mean, what, what I deal with more, what these dads have been doing with their daughters has not been inappropriate at all. Yeah. It's, it's a very normal thing. Yeah. And so, but these girls feel like they've lost their place with their father. And so to me, the most important thing is, and I'm the kind of person okay, you're, you're walking somewhere and the daughter wants to hold his hand. Who cares? Big deal. I know. <laughs> so what, really? Yeah. Don't put, you are putting this huge story on their relationship. Yeah. And I, I have a niece and my brother and his wife came to visit and she's like 20. He's got three daughters. He is the best father. He is fantastic. And his 20 year old was just snuggling up against me at his arm around him. And his wife was on the other side. And I looked at him and I said, this would be a problem if, if she was the stepmother. Yeah. And that's too bad. That's too bad. That's too bad that that would be a problem. Yeah. So really the people I want to work with are the women and, and allowing that time that, because, you know, some daughters, they'll be 30 and they're going to sit on their dad's lap. I mean, I don't, I don't judge any of that, right? Yeah. So it, it's working mainly with mom. And then dad, if the daughter's being rude, that just can't happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the one-on-one time, it solves things really quickly. It sure does. And even just allowing... I mean, I, you were talking a moment ago about situations where the, the mom has kids also and the dad yeah. has kids. And there's a lot of pressure internalized about like Ooh, squeezing it together into one family and we're going to just, you know. And yeah. when I have talked to these women and explained that it's a like really healthy thing to have time with the original yeah. family unit, dad yeah. should spend time with his kids alone and you should spend, there's like this, oh my God, like, that's a thing. Like I could do that. Really? You know, like just having permission to say it's okay for him to be with his kids and for you to be with your kids. Like that's a thing. And it's, and it's a good thing that just like lifts this weight of expectation that doesn't need to be there. Well, I think because the divorce rate is so high in remarriage with kids, it's 64 to 72%. I really believe it's these ridiculous expectations, yeah. um, which is why I don't like the term blended family. Me too. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I've had too many people suffering because of a term. I don't know who came up with it. We call first families a family, a step family is a step family. There's no adjective that expects something. Yeah. And you're not going to blend non-biological people together, nor should you want to. You don't want to blend your own kids together, you know, unless you're one of those yeah. families, like have family portrait and they're all wearing the same yeah. shirt, you know, yeah. little logo. And I find that creepy, but um, <laughs> it's not unusual at all. People will be at it for a while and they're like, we're just not blending. This isn't happening. And I go, yeah, because you took a big bite and I'm not saying this critically, but 
you're joining non-biological members right. together and, and for some reason expecting because you've married each other yeah. that there's going to be a magic wand that makes this family yeah. feel like a nuclear family. And by the way, they're only there 50% of the time. Right. So it's not, and, and what I ended up doing with this couple with the four girls was like, you're going to have to compartmentalize your life when you're there. You keep trying to throw these girls together. The girls didn't like each other. Yeah. No surprise. Yeah. And those girls were competing for their father. Like, it's okay for it to feel a little bit, it's, almost, it's a little bit schizophrenic, but just a little bit like, yeah, we'll have a family dinner just to say we had a family dinner and you know, everybody can get their way through it or make it fun. You try to make it as fun as possible because this mom too was noticing every little chew of these girls and oh, geez. it was driving her crazy. I was like, just yeah. get drunk before you have dinner. Do something. <laughs> Take a pill that knocks you out. I mean, it's like... So you don't have to impose all this on these kids. Yeah, totally. But um, do things separately. And she really was jealous when he did things alone with the girls. And yes. I said, what? why? Yeah. You really want to be around him all the time. <laughs> you know. You yeah, know. but that's exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. That's where you're, you're yeah. really, now you're looking for the, something else is being triggered because this is not, you know. She yeah. was competing. It, it was a very ego-based thing. And I'm like, look, I, you're letting your ego be in charge. And egos, they always have to be right. So when couples come in and go, we had a big fight last night. I go, well, you mean your ego's gotten a big fight? Because egos are the things that fight because they want to be right. And they don't listen. Yeah. If people can just drop down, get to their heart, what's really going on here? then you can come up with some solutions. Yeah. <clears throat> Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and going back to the original um, title that we started off with, as far as the mini wives. Yeah. Just using that term in an article. Yeah. Uh, it's going to activate women even more. I yeah. mean, for good reason, like, yeah. I am not going to let this 12 year old be the mini wife because yeah. a wife, that's such yeah. an intimate relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, and, and then they grab onto it. Yeah. And, and this is what we do in general about anything. What is the story that you're telling yourself? A lot of times. Oh, I like that a lot. Right. Oh, this is the truth. This thought it's like, no, it's a story. It's a thought or this feeling, we attach to feelings. We say, I'm, I'm unhappy, instead of saying, in this moment, I feel unhappy. Yeah. Because if we were to gauge our feelings throughout the day, unless you're in a depression, you're gonna feel unhappy, you're gonna feel happy, you're gonna feel frustrated, you're gonna feel energetic, but we tend to like to attach to those things. And, and negativity is very, very powerful, right? So neuroscience tells us that for every positive, for every negative thing we say, the brain needs six positive things. So you gotta be careful what comes out of your mouth. Yeah. Like couples should, women should walk around with duct tape. <laughs> Men too, they just might not use it as much because they don't talk as much. So they can, when they have that urge to say the negative thing, yeah. I don't want to be picking on women, but you know, yeah, it's, no, um, I, I get it. And I think exactly what you were saying that, that now that it's a, a terminology that people know, it's, it's very easy to say to yourself, you know, my, my, my stepdaughter is sitting on the couch next to her dad. And now I can't go and sit there because she took my place or whatever, right. instead of saying, let me take a step back and think about this situation. She didn't yeah. see him now for 10 days and whatever. Instead, she can say, maybe it's a mini wife. Oh no, now I have a mini wife. Exactly. In my house, you know? Yeah. And it becomes a thing where you attach and say, well, I'm not going to let that happen. Well, that's, you know, right. you get all indignant instead of sure. trying to 
instead of trying to go, wait a minute, that's yeah. a bit of an exaggeration. It's a little dramatic, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe I should put myself in her shoes. It helps, I think. Well, it doesn't always help. It just depends on the person. Um, you know what gets women a lot is the, the, the 12 year old girl who rolls her eyes. That's like, that is just a gesture. It's just a gesture that seems to send people over the deep end. And it, the truth, it's meaning like it's of no consequence, but it's well, something that sends you right back into your brain. Own, you know, it's a tween brain. Yeah. So if you look at uh, National Geographic had a great article in 2011 called the teenage brain, mm. you read it. Okay. They're crazy. They're selfish. <laughs> they want to do the opposite this has an important job to it. It's meant so they can leave the house of origin at some yeah. point. Now, what I don't tell women, and I hide this from them, hope they don't read it, that right now, 50% of people in the US between the ages of 18 and 26 are living at home. Because <laughs> <laughs> these women go, I just can't wait till they graduate from high school. I go, yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. Hope that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's happening, but my God, that is intense. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's just, again, bringing it back to, you don't have to compete. But oh, I was going back to the teenage brain. Nobody likes 12-year-old, 13-year-old girls. Okay, I can say this. I had four kids. I had two boys and two girls. I had my oldest son, he just did a podcast recently where he said that I was a freak. So now I don't mind. <laughs> and, and he was right in the context that he was talking about. He was a tough kid. He was like in a nine year rebellion. It was really, really wow. tough. And, and then later on in life, he said, well, I had a rather bold rebellion. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. In, in my line of work, we call that a positive reframe, but as your mother, <laughs> I call it bullshit. I don't know if you have a, <laughs> that was hard yeah. and then one of my daughters was really hard but there is I think because of this primal competition you know as women we used to have to compete with each other for our survival yeah. way back in the day yeah. um, and the brain really hasn't changed so we have to work on evolving past that which of course we can yeah. um, but you're right it's these teen girls and one of the things you could do is say well, tell me what it was like for you. How were you as a teenage girl? 90% mm -hmm. of the time, it's, oh, I was a nightmare. I hated my- I, I hear that so often. Yeah. That they, they just go, LOL, I was impossible. I, yeah, I, I was impossible. And I'm like, okay, so you remember that. Yeah. And you can't personalize it. It's a teenage brain, yeah. you know? I tell women, because they're like, Oh, I'm so close to my nine-year-old stepdaughter, this and that. And I go, okay, well, don't be surprised. She's going to become a teenager. Yeah. They like to have drama. And what better drama than to have an evil stepmother? Yeah. So just assume she's telling your, her friends that you're an evil stepmother. Who cares? Exactly. You know who you are. Yeah. Who cares? But the problem is that women care. Yeah. They care what they think. And it's like, I don't think you should give that much power to a teen girl. <laughs> Yeah. Or I, I just don't think you need to do that because they're not really even thinking of you that much. Totally. They're doing what biology is telling them to do. And it's annoying. When, when my kids were little um, and they were very close together, people would go, well, enjoy them while you can because they're going to be teenagers someday. I go, okay. Yeah, thanks. I didn't really need to hear that. <laughs> Let me just enjoy them right now while they love me. <laughs> and then they were teenagers and my terrible teenagers, they were terrible, but they were also interesting and funny. Yeah. But I wouldn't wish it on anybody to be around them who wasn't related to them, who didn't have unconditional love for them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's the other thing too, is stepmoms need to let themselves off the hook because they feel guilty. I don't love them. Yeah. It's like, okay, whatever. Just 
be a kind person. If you yeah. get those feelings, you get them. If you don't, you don't. If we made step family success based on people genuinely loving each other, no. there wouldn't be many. No, no, there wouldn't. And what would the, what would it be like in the world if you knew as a child that your mother or your father could go to the corner playground and choose any random two children and bring them home and love them just as much as they love you? Like, where would that leave you in your, in your own personal security? It would be a nightmare. We're not made we're not made to do that. But but stepmothers are expected to do that. Yeah. And they get a lot of pressure from the culture. And they're really expected to be this combination of Mother Teresa and Mary Poppins. Yeah. And a lot of these expectations come from their partners who really, because they want to get rid of this guilt and shame that they often haven't even acknowledged. They want to feel like a first family. Yes. You're not a first family not going to feel like a first family yeah. you're putting pressure on your wife yeah. and then she's like oh i'm a stepmom. i'm supposed to be another mom yeah and then she starts doing it it backfires yes and and you know so i talk to couples about this and i play with men a little bit i'll say it with a smile but like oh you just kind of wanted her to come in like mary poppins and mother Teresa, and just you know and, yeah. and they're like yeah yeah, that's what I was hoping for. Uh, that'd be really good. And I go, yeah, well, Mother Teresa was never a mother, let alone a stepmother. <laughs> yeah. And actually that woman had some hardcore boundaries. Yeah. And Mary Poppins wasn't real. Yeah. Brady Bunch wasn't real. No. Modern family was not real. You notice the parents, the other parents were all dead or like yeah. non-existent. Yeah. yeah. So... But it is so ingrained in the culture and even the term stepmom, I, I really work with women and go, you decide what you want to be called. Yeah. Don't let the culture decide because you're taking on a name. Yeah. If I go up to 10 people on the street and say, tell me the first thing comes to your mind when I say stepmom. I know it. You're going to say evil. Yeah. Oh, so you're going to call yourself a stepmom? Careful. I mean you choose yeah now you'll get judged if you tell why well, i don't use the word stepmom when my when my um ex-husband remarried my kids were in middle school and high school and she goes yeah just call me your dad's wife yeah. this was a smart thing to do yeah. it didn't create any loyalty binds they didn't feel guilty they didn't feel weird saying a mom word to somebody yeah. that wasn't their mother yeah right so when people are willing to do that, a lot of the competition stops with the kids or with the girl because they're also not at the same time in their mind being obligated to maybe be disloyal to their mother. That's right. So that's also something that may come into their competition is also kind of being loyal to their mother. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? So yeah, it does. Yeah. So there's choices so that these divorce rates don't need to be these high. We just have to get rid of the expectations. That's it. And there's such heavy expectations. And that's that's the that's the boulder in the backpack that you can put down and say, ah, you know, it, it's it could be so much easier without that. Yeah, and but and that's the work that can be done. Right. And, and it's, it's a woman's personal work. I, I think it's the work of every human being, if they choose to do it, is to be so connected to themselves and love themselves. Mm. So that when there's all this, eh, she's an evil stepmother, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm one of billions of people on the planet. Might not be everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very empowering feeling, yeah. right? And it, it's, I do think the invitation in entering these relationships, when I work with women and they're about to marry someone or live with someone, I go, okay, well, the first thing you should do is become a Buddhist. <laughs> they have two basic beliefs. One, life is a suffering, check. <laughs> two, let it go. Let a lot of this stuff go. Yeah. Let it go. Now, they do need to have their bedroom. 
you can't let the kids in the bedroom. I agree. And that's something that is such a legitimate thing. Yeah, yeah it is. Right. It and is. also reminding people, this is temporary. It's all temporary. Yeah. You know, and hey, well, it, it's been harder with the pandemic, right? You just can't yeah. go, hey, go out and do blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, get outside. Mm -hmm. Don't <laughs> compete. Don't com You're not going to win. Yeah. Mary, <laughs> this is great. It's so great talking to you. I just love it. Sense of humor. I mean, oh, to so much. Sense of humor. You have to lighten up. Yeah. You know, don't take yourself so seriously. <laughs> that you should have that. That should be like engraved on everybody's doorway. It should. I I was working with this one stuff. They're probably gonna get divorced because of this Thanksgiving debacle step family story. And they're telling me the story and involved a mother that was 85 driving with her groom of 87 years old in a pink Cadillac from Florida to Colorado in a blizzard and, and all of his siblings and the woman had never had siblings and she didn't have kids and he had kids. And it was the funniest story. And, but they're like, we're going to end our marriage over this. And I was sitting there listening to it. And then they were done. I said, I'm not saying this to minimize your feelings or be disrespectful. This is the funniest story. <laughs> this is so hysterical. Can you not see how funny? You're not getting divorced over this. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes holidays. They're always a mess anyway. Yeah. This is hysterical. Watch Christmas yeah. vacation or whatever yeah. that thing is. Yeah. Because uh, Chevy Chase in that movie had such high expectations. Yeah. And his wife is really cool. Like that is a cool thing to watch because she just knows it's going to be a mess, but yeah. she's just like, Oh, you just want this to happen. It's probably not, but yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Go. So if people could just find some humor, like it's almost humorous, like, you know, Oh my God, I realized I'm competing with a 13 year old. That's yeah. funny. It is, or it should be. It doesn't feel it at the time. Sometimes you need somebody else to help you laugh. Yeah, and it's, it's, I'm not minimizing it, but there's also part of me that goes, really? You want to pay this money to me over this? <laughs> like, I would never say that. I do say that sometimes if they're arguing about the toothpaste. <laughs> I'll be like, really? Yeah. yeah. You do know that nobody's really figured out how we're here on this planet. Yeah. and where the planet came from and where the universe came from like we should be walking and bumping into people going can you can you believe we're here yeah <laughs> do you know all the improbable things that needed to happen for us to have this conversation yeah who cares about the toothpaste <laughs> you know Yeah, and be a stand-up therapist. A lot of difficult things happen in my life. I've had tragedies happen. It's not like, oh, I just floated through life, but I just think they're all difficult things are all invitations to learn. Yeah. And and the main lesson so much of the time is let it go. Yep. Love that song. There's a whole song for it now. I know. Adina Menzel. Yeah. <laughs> Mary, this was wonderful. Thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, where can they find me? I have a website, realstepfamilies.com. My Instagram is at, at realstepmoms. I've got to consolidate my names. Mm -hmm. I've got a Facebook page that's called Real Step Families, Real Solutions. Or they can just Google my name, Mary T. Kelly, and it will and take they'll me. find you everywhere. And you're a regular yeah. contributor at Stepmom Magazine. Yeah, I've There's, written uh, monthly for them for 10 years. Wow. So, um, and um, you can find stuff I've written on Huffington Post, on Step Families. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of easy to find. Great. Internet. Great. Well, thanks again for doing this. We'll do it again. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Thanks. I'll tell you what my big takeaways were from this. 
I love that a lot of stepmoms confess to feeling jealous of their stepdaughter and the attention she gets from her dad and that they're embarrassed by that feeling, but they don't know what to do about it. If that's you, I hope you get some comfort from knowing that there are a lot of other women out there who feel the same way and it's pretty normal. I love the reminder that a child who comes to your house every other week might feel more like the outsider than you do. You're there living with their dad all the time and they're the ones who aren't part of his life every day. It's pretty obvious that they'd feel that way and it explains a lot of what looks like rejecting behavior or, or clinginess. I love that you don't have to beat yourself up about all the negative feelings you have about your stepkids. You just need to be kind and act in loving ways and let yourself off the hook about what feelings you think you're supposed to have. And I especially love the idea that we have to evolve past needing to compete with other women for our survival. It's really old primal programming and we can do way better than that in the 21st century. That's what I'm all about anyway. Using my awkward or painful experiences of raising someone else's kids to make me into a better person. And I want to model that for other stepmoms and help them do the same. I'll put all the links for where to find more of Mary Kelly in the show notes. You can find more of me at EssentialStepmom.com. And if you join my email community, you can get a little bit of me in your very own inbox once a week. Just send me a message at info at EssentialStepmom.com and I'll be glad to add you to my list. If your partner is looking for some support in being the dad of his own kids so he could actually gain some control over the family dynamics and make room for you to be accepted and respected in the home you share with him, give me a call. Better yet, have him give me a call and I can tell him about my undeletable dad coaching program where I help divorced dads to parent like they always wanted to so their kids can never be turned against them or to get them back on track if it's already happening. It's a combination of cutting edge parenting strategies, mental resilience training, and step-by-step -step implementation. And it might be just what the doctor ordered or the stepmom. Book a free call, no strings attached, by going to bit.ly slash calltracy. That's bit.ly slash calltracy, all capital letters, no E in Tracy. I'll look forward to chatting. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week with Ann Cullen to talk about nurture burnout. See you then. <laughs>